4: it's todd feinberg it's todd feinberg monday through friday three till six on wtic
2: news talk 1080.
4: did you hear that story just now about the buffalo wild wings lawsuit the guy's suing because the boneless wings are not boneless wings they never flew these wings they are Breast meat, but, but isn't breast meat better than wing meat, than wings. And does anyone care? Because what they're, what they're liking is that they're being fooled by the product. That's what they like about it. It's making them think they're eating a chicken wing without having to worry about bones. If the product fools them effectively, everybody's happy and there's no harm done because how are you being damaged by being told you're getting a boned chicken wing? Deboned, I guess is the right way to say it. He's filed similar lawsuits against Tom's Wicked Fresh Mouthwash. I guess there's no chicken wings in there either. Kind bars and hefty. I don't know. Some people don't have enough to do. I don't quite get the, I, you know, it's not really about wings anyway, right? It's about the, the sauces and the crispiness and things like that. Isn't that really why you eat wings? You just want a certain chew experience. So the lawsuit misses the point. I wish I was the judge. You ever wish you were the judge? Occasionally I even wish I'm the cop. When somebody goes by at twice the speed of the road, for example, you're driving down 91 and somebody goes by at 90 miles an hour and you, you're only going 75 and you look like such a slowpoke. And they look like they're going so fast. Eight six zero We're going to talk. All right. So we'll take some phone calls when we continue after we go to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Check in with Mark Christopher, see how the roads are in advance of the big storm. Mark's got his shovel all greased so the snow slides right off. He's ready to go. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk
2: 1080.
4: Tell me what you think, please, about what's going on with the banks. It's really hard to understand this banking stuff because it's very esoteric law and it's not something we have much familiarity with and as I said to Michael I think the reason we don't have much familiarity with it is because the government keeps stepping in and encroaching on what should be really just capitalism. Capitalism requires for it to work properly I think it requires that we feel the pain when bad things happen. Because uh, pain is, is uh, God's way of educating us, right? That's how the body is designed. And, and it's not just the physical body, but the psychic body as well. If we get burned by events, then we learn to avoid those events. And I just think that's really important. And I'll tell you a couple ways it's important, uh, two ways I can think of right off the bat. Well, the, the bank is certainly one. Uh, you know, if, we, if, the, if the whole system had not been built around government involvement, which I, I can't help thinking, really I can't help thinking that the whole point of what the government does is to keep intervening more and then telling us after they intervene about how they are the only thing that can protect us from the damage that government does. And therefore, they need more power, and they keep taking more all the time. And we don't know what to do except to say, yeah, we need government here. So government becomes more necessary in a sick kind of way that they relish, I think, and they they know how to capitalize on that everything that's going wrong in the world has to do with government running a system that is supposed to keep us safe. What should I play first? Let's go, let's uh, listen to, um, let's listen to the Weinsteins. Brett and his wife, Heather Hying, is that how you say her name? Listen, listen to this if, uh, let me see if I've got the right cut queued up here, because I'm very excited about sharing this with you, listen.
1: Caused not by the pathogen, caused by medical examining means.
4: Oh, that's not the right place. All right, let's go to. Uh, I'll recue that in a few minutes. Let's listen to. Um, let's listen to coverage on the banking, from. George Stephanopoulos in in Good Morning America.
1: Well, this decision was made at the very top, George. The president overnight saying that this was done at his direction. And he is touting this as a move that he says will protect American workers and small businesses and keep our financial system safe.
4: So the government is stepping in and taking upon itself the burden of covering the costs of the failure and protecting everybody's bank account. So when your bank account is protected for the first $250,000, and after that, you're on your own. Well, the federal government is stepping in and saying, we fear a collapse of the banking system. The whole system could go under if we don't step in and protect everybody. Okay, government-created crisis. Government insures the deposits which makes us say, oh, we don't have to worry about whether banks fall or not, because when they do, we can still get our money back, protected by the government. So now government says, well, we've tricked everybody into thinking there is no danger putting your money in the bank. There is no danger doing business with the banks because they are insured by us, the federal government which means that the system is automatically distorted. It is a system of self-insurance, which will always come up with crises that require the government to step in and provide more coverage than what it's actually providing because it cares more about the integrity of the system, i.e. too big to fail, than the moral hazard that it creates, the danger it creates by anesthetizing us to not feel the pain that we need to feel uh, in order to operate in a way that keeps ourselves safe.
1: And he is adamant that this will not come and not put American taxpayer dollars at risk. Look,
4: Okay, President Biden is adamant that taxpayer dollars are not at risk. That's the only kind of dollars there are, is taxpayer dollars. Listen to the interaction with George, too.
1: Look, they are well aware here at the White House that this is a move that is likely to spark political pushback and a firestorm, but they are adamant that this is not a bailout. They say that those who are responsible will bear the consequences of this, that they will be held accountable, but they say that this move was necessary to send Americans a clear and strong message that they can trust the banking system and that their deposits will be there if and when they need them.
4: So this is referencing back to... um to 2008 when there was a, a severe collapse of the financial system and the government in its zeal Barack Obama in his zeal and the well or his inexperience and and his willingness to do whatever the financial people told him and, and there was a merger as there is now of the management of the financial system from Washington and the big players in the financial system and we're in that same zone but now they realize this political danger in just protecting completely the people involved as they did in 08 which angered everybody and led to the uh, the Occupy Wall Street movement remember that All right. so listen to what happens so Rebecca explain how this doesn't put taxpayers at risk George wants to know Rebecca, how does this not put taxpayer dollars at risk? And listen how grueling his interrogation is. So, Rebecca, explain how this doesn't put taxpayers at risk.
1: Well, the hope had been that a buyer would come in and purchase SVB. That didn't happen here in the United States, but HSBC did purchase for one pound SVB assets in the U.K.
4: Oh, so nobody wanted to buy the American Bank. And there their european division in, in Europe in in england sold for a pound a pound that's how much the bank was worth and yet what happened to george's interrogation
1: the issue now is that the government will be paying for this through the fdic insurance that is something that all banks have to pay a portion into and the people who own stock in these companies will be fully wiped out
4: so- the people who own the stock will be wiped out. So this is supposed to be a cause for celebration. And the it's insured by the federal government. And they say they're going to use the money that is paid into the fund that they have by the banks to protect deposit holders. But the trouble is uh, they don't tell us that they've done the math on this. And they don't tell us that the FDIC deposits that are paid in by the the um, the insurance is paid in by the banks they don't tell us what the accounting is on that i.e. how much money have they paid in the banks and how much is there to protect american taxpayers to make sure that we don't have to pay for the bailout so the banks will pay not the taxpayers george is convinced so the banks will pay not the taxpayers that's it for his big interrogation So the banks will pay, not the taxpayers. Well, it didn't sound that way to me, George. Sounds like there's a couple more questions. This is a separate category. This is media um, selling out or conspiring with the power structure to con the American people. I mean, that's just a terrible thing that in that 20 seconds, he was totally appeased. So the banks
5: will pay, not the taxpayers.
4: Why did he feel the need to not report news, but to make conclusions about the report? Let's talk to Brian in Agawan. Hi, Brian. Hi.
6: Yeah, yeah, I mean listening to your show, it's pretty interesting. From what I get out of this conversation, I think the only smart thing for anybody to do is maybe to have gold.
4: Is that something you've done?
6: Uh no, I haven't. I mean I'm kind of typical. I'm sixty five. Uh wife, I got two grown up kids. Um the house is paid for. She's got a nice four oh one K. She's got a nice 401K, um, but I think if it was up to me, if I, if I was the deciding person, mm-hmm. I would try to buy as much gold as possible. I mean,
4: If you were the deciding person for what you well, I mean, your, your household, you mean?
6: Well, well, yeah. I mean, if I had one, the 100% call instead of the 48.5% call, I would like to probably buy a lot of gold because, yeah. you know, this is very typical of how gold could be very protective only in crisis modes, you know what I mean? I mean, when the market's good and stuff like that, gold has a tendency to, like, stay stable or drop. But um,
4: Yeah, it's really interesting what you're saying because ha- does having a 401k mean that your money is protected or does it mean that your money is locked in a, in, in a flotation device that will go down with the market and go up with the market?
6: Right. Well, it all depends on what where you know if you're playing it safe in the 401k or you're playing it like mostly like mutual funds or Mm -hmm. you know stocks or bonds but i'm thinking if you're really panicking today that gold would be would be the only thing um i that would be my personal thing right now but i actually think right now we're very similar to where we were in the 70s and the 80s where Maybe five years ago, ten years ago, everything was a market, and all that stuff, right? hey, then okay, um, no, I'm so sorry uh bothers me more than you know current economic squabbles we have going on um, no this is I mean, right. I have, this pre- is
4: this is big stuff, Brian,
6: yeah, yeah, you know I mean, I just don't want to um I don't want to just turn into a beating up on the president or beating up on whoever is president. You know, which I think it could easily turn into. Um, I, I just honestly, I honestly think the Ukraine situation is just so, so important. Um, I, I'm convinced Well, wait a that- sec.
4: Why are you against beating up on the president then? The president created the Ukraine situation, and he's overseeing the uh, the bailout of the banks.
6: Oh, well, I'm actually glad he created the Ukraine situation, because I think we got to figure out some way to get, you know, destroy Putin. And, and and so honestly, you wanna have
4: a you wanna have a war with Russia?
6: Might as well. I mean why do we spend all this why do we spend all these trillions of dollars and it's inevitable we're gonna we're gonna probably have to face them down now or sometime.
4: Well it is but, I mean uh, it's starting to feel inevitable, but that doesn't make
6: me feel good that we're we're gonna have a, a
4: world so war. You think if,
6: yeah, but you know when people say well if Trump was president this never would have happened. I mean, that's a nice statement, but how do you ever prove it? How could how well, you could can't it prove true? it? But you can
4: hypothesize that Trump yeah. worked hard to make sure that he avoided the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Right. And well, he was going to pull out anyways. Well, he, he was going to pull out of
6: Afghanistan.
4: How do you know that?
6: Well, I guess I like how do you know that? Just like how do we know the. Uh, you know ukraine situation whether
4: exactly but but biden loves the ukraine situation and he's conspiring to make sure we get as involved as possible and he keeps pushing it closer to the edge i don't know how that can make us happy let's talk to george and vernon hi george yes george you're on the
5: yes
4: sir how are you go ahead sir
5: yes We've always been at war with Russia. Uh, Unfortunately, Proxy, when they invaded Afghanistan, we supported the Afghanistan government fighting Russia when they invaded uh, Afghanistan. That was years ago. So we are fighting Russia right now for many, many, many years.
4: Well, there's, it's different to be fighting with other people doing the fighting. You're right that there's conflict and there's manipulation of uh, of the political marketplace internationally, but we're not actually sending troops over, and that's a good thing, isn't it?
5: It's a great thing. And that's what we did it in Afghanistan back, uh, I believe it was in the 80s or so, where we sent all these arms and whatever to, unfortunately, Osama bin Laden, uh Fighting, uh, Russia back then, uh, Osama bin Laden won and he turned on us, uh, after that and hence 9-11. And also, uh, during, uh, Trump's presidency, I believe there was like maybe 17 or 18 banks that folded during his presidency. Uh, so far we have two under Biden. 18 under Biden. Well, uh, I, don't, I don't know
4: that it's the number of banks. It's the significance of the banks. And, and, and this particular moment we're in is one that has everybody nervous that there could be a collapse. And that is, at least publicly, the first time that that has been the fear of the White House. But it's an interesting idea you're proposing. Maybe this is happening all the time. And they decide when they confess to it and and when they want to get nervous about it. Thank you for the call, sir. 860 522 More calls coming up after news. Let's uh, check in with Mark Christopher, VPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Hey, Mark.
0: His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Aya. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it.
4: Never miss a moment. Go listen to the Todd
6: Feinberg podcast on the Odyssey app.
4: There is so much going on in the world, I love it. Because I think all this madness points in the same direction. That uh, that That we are experiencing a... A moment in American history, and and maybe in world history, where the conspiring of the powerful against us is reaching some sort of dangerous pitch, and I don't know how we're going to get through it. I don't know what kind of danger it it actually represents, but it doesn't doesn't feel right to me right now. Does it to you? Let's talk to Bob in Waterbury. Hi, Bob. Hi, Todd. Caller
7: um, a couple of calls ago was talking about the you know, Biden and uh, the war that's going on now.
6: Mm-hmm. I
7: mean, all the other wars we've been in the last 10, 20 years with, you know, over, uh, in the deserts and stuff like that, those were uh, good, bad, whoever. But Putin's got nuclear bombs. Um, this is a whole different animal. And he, I, from what I understand, he eats 20 feet away. He doesn't want anybody close to him. Mm-hmm. I, if you get this guy in a in a corner, he might just press that button. And And the bank failures are going to be the least of our problems if that ever happens.
4: There is this um, there that what you just expressed in terms of the danger of Putin and the danger of nukes and what what happens to a guy like him if he's cornered, especially if he's sick like they theorize that he is. And he's um, maybe not dealing with a full deck right now because of the drugs he's on or the stresses he's under and and the mistakes he's made over the past year. Uh, Yeah,
7: I mean, I mean, I don't know whether it's good we're over or not, but I mean. I don't know if we should keep going i I really don't know, but
4: well, why would we keep going? Why not stop why is it why do we assume this role of stepping in and supervising all this stuff and why a year ago was Biden so afraid of doing anything that would that would move us closer to nuclear war and now he doesn't hesitate
7: yeah i I don't know either. Was it China or somebody that actually wanted russia and uh and to like talk with people, I mean, we should sit down and talk. I mean, that, that doomsday clock to me is getting pretty damn close.
2: And right.
7: I, I never thought it would happen, but I mean, it just takes one little tricky finger. And you know, it's not like seven, uh, seventy years ago Hiroshima. These these bombs are a lot worse. Um, and if and if just one, it, it could be a lot worse than I think we could. I don't. And again, like Putin's. If you get them in a the corner, I don't know what's going to make them stop. Do we just let them take over the country? I don't know what we do, but I think we've got to be
4: really, really careful. We absolutely do, Bob. Thank you for that. Eight six zero We've got to be very careful about going to a traffic update in a positive way. We need to go to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark Christopher is there. Hey, Mark.
6: Now, back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on
7: WTIC.
4: News Talk 1080. Yes, it's WTIC, Monday afternoon, storm coming, stormy Monday. And Chris Powell joins us now. Chris, from the journal Enquirer. good afternoon to you, sir.
2: Hey, Todd, good to be with you.
4: You got the shovel all shined up and ready to go?
2: Uh it's safe safe in the garage, and uh, <laughs> I think more handy is going to be the uh, phone number of the plow guy. Ah, I like
4: that. I like that. So, what's on your mind lately? What What's your favorite thing of all the many topics you have churned out columns on?
2: Oh, uh, I think I'm obsessed even now with the <laughs> rent control and housing issue even though it looks like the it's off the table maybe yeah. the rent control bill is not getting out of uh, committee but I I, th- I thought that uh, you know the, the rent control uh, advocates now that the rent control bill isn't going anywhere uh, ought to explain why they have not put in legislation to uh, cap the price of food and gas and electricity and medicine and other other necessities how about, I was the of government? about, how about capping that well, your taxes, of course, anything, anything other, you know, necessities. Uh, uh, and I had to think about it for a minute. Well, of, of course, it's it's obvious why they never they never put in legislation to cap the price of the other necessities is uh, because they they couldn't expropriate uh, the owners of the other necessities. You know, if you if you cap the price of food, the people aren't going to you know send food into Connecticut to be sold. Same thing with uh, uh, with medicine or gasoline or electricity since most of the generation so are you are better. you
4: saying that if the buildings were portable, they wouldn't do the rent control because right. they they would just drive those things to another state
2: no they that 's exactly it they they focused on on landlords and on on rental housing uh because it's uh, it's captive you, the, the landlord's uh, can't move their their property uh, uh you know f- food sellers uh, gasoline sellers uh uh you know they they don't have to come into Connecticut but anybody who owns uh a, a tenement building an apartment building uh, he's he's captive unless he wants to uh you know st- turn the apartments into condos and get out of the the rental uh, housing business uh, Chris, entirely
4: it- if we were to follow your logic through to its natural conclusion, while they can't move the existing buildings, they can decide not to build new ones. Why would the politicians take that risk that the the developers would just go to other states that aren't so hostile to the development of new housing?
2: Well, some pals might take that risk just to... Uh, you know build up their uh, friendship with the uh, with the rent control people or you know really uh socialists and uh and and beyond um, but you're you're exactly right i mean the the rent control bill's probably done more to discourage uh rental housing construction in Connecticut than you know even a nuclear war would uh and the The people who were behind it I think were were really not uh, uh humane at, at all as they they pretended to be uh, uh because their rent control bill wasn't going to create any new supply for the many unhoused or or you know less housed people in Connecticut. All it was going to do was lock a few people. Uh, into a, you know, more favorable housing situation. Uh, it was going to take care of the few at the expense of the many. It wasn't a humane proposal at all. It was it was as self-serving as any legislation that's been proposed this year.
4: But, but it, it strikes me that these kinds of proposals are either dumb or malicious. Dumb if you're supporting them and you actually think they will make people's lives better rather than, cause landlords to stop upgrading existing properties and to refuse to build new ones or that they would, um, they would just float away and say, let me, you know, let me take my business elsewhere. I forget what the other point was I was going to make, but the, um, you know, this isn't good. And if you, if you believe that somehow it is good, it has to be because you feel like you're going to force people to vote for you, that they will They will view you as being empathetic and not realize that you're actually doing them damage. And this is where the maliciousness comes in, that politicians who support proposals like rent control figure they'll never have to take the blame for instituting uh, abusive policy. Chris? Where did Chris go? Did Did I put him to sleep? I know I talked for a long time. receiving we'll a reconnect with them all right I don't know sometimes this happens where the phones you know our phones just drop people and um, and um, sometimes people's own phones drop them it's sad but because uh, Chris is making an argument that I love to make. And it's an obvious one, but we see this all the time where people are where the political class is offering up um you know bad policy under a uh, guise of compassion so Chris is back and and you can expound chris if you uh, yeah I, I
2: I just wanted to add that uh uh you know the rent control proposal was it was so demagogic and unfair. Uh, because it uh, imputed to landlords the responsibility for inflation. Well, you know, landlords are suffering from inflation as They're much victims. as any anybody else. I mean, you know, look, ga- gas went up, electricity went up, food went up, medicine went up. And so who do they pick on? They pick on the landlords. Mm. I mean, it, it, there was no acknowledgment that inflation is the consequence of government policy, did did the rent control advocates uh, start uh, criticizing the government for the the uh, explosion in the uh, in the money supply? Of course not. They they picked out somebody they could scapegoat and demagogue against, and you know that was humane to them.
4: Yeah, it's um it's hateful policy, and it's hateful uh, in part because there are a lot of middle class people who. Scrape together enough money for a down payment, and take responsibility of ownership for a building that the bank is actually going to own for a number of years, and they've got to work like dogs to make sure that it's filled with tenants, and the tenants are paying their rent, and and uh, and they're keeping up with the the regulatory schemes that that watch them to make sure their buildings are uh, being kept up to snuff according to government expectations for things like um, Section Eight housing and all. So so, the perception that they create is that anybody who owns a, a building that has rental units is somehow uh, in the evil rich class, and, and they need to be looked down upon.
2: Yeah, it's not, not true. Two Sundays ago, the New London Day had a great, long investigative story written by some journalism students from the University of Connecticut who spent a day in housing court in, in New London. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you, if you read it closely, uh, you saw that most of these people getting evicted or facing eviction uh, are either really terrible hard luck cases or they're really, they're welfare cases. They're people who are never going to be supporting themselves. Uh, and that the the, the the real obligation here with the hard luck cases and the, the people who can't support themselves uh, is government's obligation. If If these people can't take care of themselves, then, then, government should do it, but what do we do in eviction court we We put the responsibility for these hard luck cases and welfare cases on landlords because the government is not not taking its uh responsibility here. I mean, the real problem with this is is poverty. We have an ever growing number of poor people in Connecticut uh, the economy is sinking we we have a lot of people who are not. Uh, educated and skilled and really can 't take care of themselves and their and their families and you know we 're making it the responsibility of of landlords to to take care of them my My brother is a judge in Maryland, and two years ago I went down and uh he was presiding in housing court. I spent a day with him you know watching him and what what he did was very similar to what the judge in the new London day story uh, was shown doing uh, uh, two Sundays ago and when the day was over. Uh, my brother uh, came to me and his conclusion was that poverty stinks. And I thought, well, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, so why are we sticking the poverty problem on the landlords? It's the government's problem. Government's creating poverty and it's sustaining poverty. And, you know, it's it's shifting the responsibility uh, to landlords who get expropriated in, in, in housing courts. Some people, you know, don't pay their rent for, you know, nine months or even even, even longer. And uh, the court is, uh, is allowing them to stay.
4: Did your brother let you wear the robe for a couple
2: of cases? <laughs> no. And then uh, he—I he, uh, think he had one or two extras in his chambers, but uh, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> you guys could have I Didn't you. want to give the impression that I had graduated from college. So the—it's
4: um, not just that the problem is poverty. The problem is manipulative, hateful government that wants to trick people into voting for them and supporting them, and, and thinking that they're compassionate when they're doing awful things.
2: Well, the government wants us to think that everything is free. You were talking about it little while ago with uh you know all the money they're conjuring out of nothing in order to save the mm. uh the the big de- you know rich depositors at the in the banking system um uh, and the taxpayers aren't going to pay for this well it's government money where where did it come if it didn't come from us it it came from the the poor stupid foreigners who are still buying our bonds uh uh we we the the whole point about this banking thing Todd. we have lost our market economy it's not that yes. uh you know, small depositors, you know, shouldn't be taken, taken care of. But when you, you bail out the big banks, like we're doing again, like, you know, we did in 2008, uh, you are licensing them uh, for any re- irresponsibility in and, and how Absolutely. they lend their money. You're uh, encouraging
4: you, them to do bad. Th- th-
2: you know, you're right, and and you know that that is the end of the market economy. That there's no penalty for failure, even for for you know the the biggest richest people.
4: Mm, that is the curse of big government. Chris Powell, Journal Inquirer, Thank you, sir. Thank you, Ted. Bye bye. We'll talk to you again next week. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Rants coming up in a few minutes. Can you believe it? Eight six zero seven five one forty six ninety eight. Bob in Hartford. Hi, Bob. How you doing? Well, I'm short on time.
5: Well, I just quickly want to say that um, instead of uh, giving free phones out in and, and Middletown to illegal immigrants, for free food, uh, EBT cards, and free housing, we should be taking care of the people in the, in the state of Connecticut. That's what we should be doing.
4: Well, we I shouldn't I, be hurting I don't know that it's an either or. I think we should have constitutional government that leaves uh, our money in our pockets and lets us pay our own way. And we would be very wealthy, Bob, if government didn't pretend that it could take care of everything if only they taxed us to death. So I'm not so quick to say they should be taking care of people because that's what they would say they're doing when they are attacking landlords, for example, and and uh, trying to encourage, trying to convince landlords that they shouldn't be investing in new properties or upgrading old ones. I, w- I, I don't think you mean what you're saying, but but maybe reevaluate the language and check back. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Rant line seven five one forty six ninety eight. Rants coming up on W T I C, and it's Mark Christopher in the B P S Lawyers Traffic Center. What's going on on the roads? Any any
0: weather trouble yet, Mark? Continues to happen
3: for the rest of the state during the day. His
0: karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. <laughs>